Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Okay, my love, I have put everything that I offer for free on one page so that we are not doing more work than we have to because why would we do that? Hashtag work smarter, not harder. So livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. You are going to find everything I've created for not only leveling up in your personal life and building a life that you love, but leveling up in your business life and building a business that you love. Okay livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. Love you. Okay. Hello. Hello, Root of Power fam. We have got Richard West with us here all the way from Austria. And we're going to hear a little bit about his travel journey into Austria. He said he's been living there for about 10 years. And he comes to us to talk about relationship coaching and how to show up authentically in your relationships and bring your whole conscious being into relationships. And I am so excited for this because I think that relationships are one of our biggest vehicles for growth. And I love, I just love to talk about this topic. So hello, Richard. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Hi, Amanda. It's lovely to be here. I'm really excited to talk about this topic with you today. Yes. So will you tell us, I like to, I always love people's journey into how they got to what they're doing. So how, how did you even step into this work? Like, how did we get here? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a convoluted journey, I suppose. <laughs> um, I, because I had a lot of jobs, which brought me very close to, to actually the, the topic of death. That's kind of what I started with in my, in my coaching journey. I was in the ambulance service for a long time. And I, I started working with clients who are, who have some kind of terminal diagnosis Mm -hmm. um, to, to work on releasing identities, which are holding them back from that process. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that is, that is very, very specific work. Like it's hard to do. Not a lot of people can do that work. No, no. So yeah, um, uh, what what it was really focused on for me was was self realization, moving through uh, identity with the body, for example, identity yeah. with certain roles in life, these kind of things. Oh gosh, so I decided yeah. to write a book. Um, the book's called Awakening Through Change because I realized that death it's basically the breaking down of one reality to make space for another. And oh, you're going to be so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, so I wrote, I wrote the first draft of this book. And then, um, at that point I ended the relationship that I had had for eight years with the mother of my children. Wow. Uh, It'd been brewing for a while, um, Mm -hmm. but it, it, 
the writing of the book and a couple of other things just just really made me realize like yeah this is something that that has to move on now yeah and so i lived everything that i'd written about in my book yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and i had to rewrite it in some places you know (laughs) yeah exactly exactly um it was really like a rebirth for me yeah and i i I really learned how to how to go through this process in a conscious way that wasn't kind of projecting all my pain onto her Mm. but taking ownership for my for it in myself and yeah. learning how to communicate myself in a way that wasn't victimizing or disempowering myself yeah. and still honoring her process as well. That's pretty powerful. I work with, um, in my therapy practice and in my coaching practice, like I work with a lot of people who don't really know how to do that. Like it is a very, it's a pretty specific skill set to be able to be grieving and to be going through something and to not project it. That's a specific skill set. And then to communicate is another skill set and to move on is another skill set. And I didn't realize until I got into this work, how much people struggle with moving on. Like for some people, it kind of comes naturally, but some people really get stuck in that space. So I can imagine that like helping people literally move out of this life into the next phase is literally helping people move on in the very, like very, very, there's like no coming back from death. Right. So mm-hmm. I tell people like the only thing you can't come back from is dead. Everything else is fixable. Um So I can imagine that like helping people really through that transition because a relationship, when that ends, it is its own death. And then you have to rebirth and and come to terms with like who you were then and who you're going to be now. Like, so I can imagine that process flowed like one into the other. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, actually, I would say that death and life or rebirth they're two sides of the same coin so they're Mm -hmm. happening all the time simultaneously yeah and one of the things that one of the realizations that i had which really helped me on that process of especially with grieving is realizing that the what i was grieving for was not the person themselves Mm. but the way that they made me feel yeah And so that really helped me to internalize that energy, not to project it onto that person and make Mm -hmm. them dependent on me feeling whole or complete. Yeah. Say, okay, this is something, this is something that I have already in myself. And all I need is a, is an perhaps a different reflection somewhere to to bring that up again. Yeah. Give it to us. Yeah. I read, I, I run into that a lot. I'm in the, um, I work a lot with like people pleasers who Mm. chronically feel like something is missing and they try and, they try and put that other person into what's missing. My cat is doing the most right now. Um, and with, you know, it takes a while to, to get people to understand that like, What's missing isn't outside of you, it's inside. Like you're missing from yourself. And 
I can, uh, is that the, some of the work that you do, like helping people realize that like, you're already whole, the other person just adds. It's, you're not missing anything. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a key ingredient in, in what I call self-realized relating is, Mm -hmm. is coming from that wholeness. But of course, first we have to realize that. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, you know, it's very common for people because of the way that we've been brought up to seek for love in, in the outside world. And, yes. And seek for love in a way that we, we, we unconsciously look for things that we perceive that we are lacking in ourselves. So, for example, a shy or retiring person may be automatically drawn to somebody who's very outgoing, uh, extroverted, for, like, for example. Yes. And they can be, they can seem like the perfect pair because they complement each other so well. But mm-hmm. if that's, if that's done based on a sense of lack, mm-hmm. then you basically have two people coming together who aren't feeling whole in themselves. Right. And so if that relationship changes or it breaks apart, then, then you feel that lack of wholeness again. Yeah. And instead of the relationship being symbiotic, where like they work together, where it's like a yin and a yang, it becomes like parasitic. Exactly. Where you're like feeding off of each other. And that, that never feels good. And then people, I work with a lot of people and I've been there where I'm like this, like on paper, it's a good match, but like energetically, it feels like I'm dying. And it took, it takes a little while to figure out why. So it sounds like you also help people like not feel like they're dying for as long, which is very helpful. <laughs> right, right. It's interesting you use that term. I am dying, you know, mm-hmm. like what, what is dying in you in those situations? Ooh, solid question. <laughs> I mean, you're, oh, that's a, ooh, <laughs> that's a really good question what's dying in those situations um the only thing I can think of is like my will to keep going is like what's coming to my brain like it just so I'm someone who's very embodied so like I know I may not be ready to admit it but like and I think everybody knows some people are just better at like shoving their body down um like when something is wrong my body is wrong like it Mm. feels it so strongly so I'm like what the hell is going on right and it just like everything just feels wrong for me. I I use the analogy a lot. Like it feels like walking through a swamp. Like when things are out of alignment, it feels like you're neck deep in a swamp, and there's like alligators biting your ass. Mm-hmm. You're just like, damn, why am I in a swamp right now? Right. And it's like, well, we put ourselves there. So we went from that. We went from working with clients who were transitioning out of life into death to relationships. So you started. It sounds like you did this work yourself and you had to do like the principles that you were taking and applying. How did you start working with other people? How do I, like, well, I, I was, I was already, you mean in, in the death work or, or just in the, the relationship? Um, relationship world? Right, right. Well, <laughs> I basically um, completely started over, I rebuilt. Uh, another website wow yeah <laughs> and 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 applied 
applied all the experience I'd had with the death stuff and the relationships together and um, and started from there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I created a group called Self-Realized Relating and, and just started posting in there. And that's that's how I got people. <laughs> I love that term, self-realized relating, because it is so, so, so different. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this episode who are like, oh, well, that that sounds like it would be really nice. And it is. Like, when you walk someone through the process where they're whole and now they're relating to other people, like, the quality of the relationship just exponentially is better. So what are some of the things that you've seen or some of the things that you see often that you take people through? Well... A lot of people who come to me are empaths, for example. Mm. So they're, they're feeling a lot of things going on around them. They take in energies from other people, emotions. They, they feel other people's emotions as if it, it's their own. Yeah. And, and that very often leads to a feeling of, well, who am I in this situation? Because there's so many different stimulations mm. coming in they don't really know who they are in it all anymore so so that's a common one and we work to we work to really ground a clearer sense of self mm. uh, for somebody yes. and and then and then work on expressing that um you know and other topics can be things like um feeling feeling judged by other people a lot of people who who come to me are this slightly alternative um yeah. they feel they feel kind of like they're they're alone in a lot of respects yeah. the people around them are. yeah because they're yeah. cut off from from other people yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this journey of, of self-awareness, self-realization is a lonely one. Yeah. You know, um, there's not many people who are really willing to look at all of their stuff and transform what it. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. And it's, I think people don't realize, cause once you, I, what I have seen is like, once you start on this journey, you're excited, you like meet a coach who you, you really jam with, or you meet like, you know, one or two other people who are going through this, but it becomes very lonely because you actually outgrow a lot of relationships because they're not doing the work. And it's like, I, I don't know for you, but for me, like as someone in the personal development space, growth is one of like my core values. So it's always really surprising to me when I run into people and I'm like, Oh, the last time you literally tried to do something out of your comfort zone was like in your early twenties and people are like, you know, older than that. And I'm just like, what the fuck have you been doing with your life <laughs> up until this point? Right. But it becomes very lonely because you outgrow those people. And then, Oh, I, I love that you're doing this work. Cause it makes so much sense when you, when you come from the, the, like the death world, um, because you have to grieve that loss. Like, you're losing people in your life in the way that they were there before. Not that like, you know, you have to end all of your relationships because you're this new person, whatever, but like your relationships do transition and you have to grieve that loss 
And the other side of the coin to growth is grieving. And I think a lot of people don't, they don't know that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we, when we change ourselves, then our relationships will change too. <laughs> and a lot of people then they see this happening and they, and they go back and they cling to how it used to be, which yeah. means that there's kind of a stumbling block on the path because they go back into the old sure. patterns then. And then over time, they start to see again that mm -hmm. that's not the most healthy thing and then they come back out of it so it's kind yeah. of like a um one step backwards to go two step forwards kind of process with these things yeah yeah and i tell people all the time like um i use two analogies a lot one is that growth is a spiral staircase like even if you go back quote unquote it's never backwards because you can't undo your awareness so it's always up like it may feel like you're coming around to the same spot, but you're always another floor up. And the other one that I tell people is that growth is like a heartbeat. So just like a heart expands and contracts, you can only grow so far before your nervous system is like, ah! right. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> and right. then you contract so you can grow again. Now, like obviously your heart doesn't get bigger and bigger and bigger. We're not the Grinch, but but you do, there is a contract phase. And I think having someone who has walked people through that because people don't know, right? So they think they're doing something wrong when you're like, no, this is so normal. You're gonna grieve. You're gonna want to go back. That's normal. Growth is scary and it's hard. So you're gonna seek safety. Absolutely, yeah. And one of the one of the best pieces of advice I received uh, when I was going through my ending of a relationship kind of grieving process was just to be authentic, whatever you feel. And some days you're going to feel like, gosh, I really need that person. And other days you're going to feel like, no, screw them. I'm going yeah. off on my own. <laughs> and and that it's all okay because it it's all needs if you do it in a in a conscious way as in noticing how your body feels in that noticing when you feel disempowered or mm -hmm. when you, when it, the expression feels right then however you're being it's going to lead to more alignment for you eventually yeah yeah oh you are so good keep going <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um yeah, one of the one of the things that often happens on this kind of self awareness path is that there's a stage where people think, "Oh my God, what's wrong with me?" Because, <laughs> because you, you 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 suddenly become aware of all these patterns, mm -hmm. all these inner traumas, these these things that you're not doing so healthily. <laughs> And it's like, what the hell, you know, I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm so fucked up, you know. Yeah. But, but actually, everybody has these things. It's everybody. only that you're bringing them into the light. And, yeah. um That's one of the reasons that I really yeah. hate. And I don't know if you see this a lot. In the U.S., it's been, um, there's like a huge trend where like you call everybody a narcissist. Right. all of your exes are a narcissist your parents right. are a nar everyone but you is a narcissist basically yeah. and i think i love that like mental health has come more you know accessible but i think one of the downsides is people lose the nuance 
So my brain went to this because what you were saying is you're right. Like everybody does whack stuff. (laughs) Like everybody lives somewhere on that spectrum where like humans are manipulative. We lie. We, you know, we have relationship patterns that make no sense. But like at some point they did make sense. So like long term they're very unhelpful. We we give and take in an imbalanced way. Like it's so so human. And I think people get this like black and white dichotomy. I was going somewhere with this. They get this like <laughs> we'll pick it up again. Um they get this black and white dichotomy where they're like oh my god, am I a narcissist? I'm the worst person ever without realizing like <laughs> Everyone has patterns that are like right. problematic and you can fix them. Like you can just fix them and it's, it's okay. It's okay. We're all problematic little gremlins and we can fix them. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Actually, you know, there are very few people in this world who are clinically narcissistic. Right. The, it's very, the, very the clinical de- definition is that you are unable to experience empathy for another person. And so that right. some people may exhibit narcissistic traits or tendencies, but right. um, yes, you're right. It does get bandished around a lot, this word. All the time. I but, see it um, all the time and I'm like, bro, if every single yeah. one of your exes is a narcissist, like, yeah. first of all, lies. Statistically, that's almost impossible. Second yeah. of all, maybe they're just abusive a-holes. <laughs> like, yeah, and ev- you know, everybody, everybody has a story. You know, everybody yeah. has a reason why every at the end of the day, everybody is trying to experience more completion in themselves. And some people just go about it in a way because they want to control their environment because that's the only way they think they can do it. And basically, if you are attached to a certain outcome if you're attached to a situation or a person being a certain way in order for you to feel whole Mm. then you will manipulate your environment yeah and that is 99.9 percent of people out there yeah yeah i find that a lot of conscious living is a lot of conscious letting go yeah like you have to release control and i I think one of the reasons that like good coaches really stand out. So like a lot of people say like, oh, you know, industries are saturated, blah, 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 blah. And this is just, sorry, my brain goes on tangents a lot. So like, (laughs) we'll just follow it. But we're going to come back around. Um, Like the bottom is saturated, right? The bottom is always saturated. But the top where like, if you really embody what you practice, if you really hold space for people, if you really unconditionally accept your clients, your partners, your friends, your family, that is really quite rare. And that's part of letting go is to say like, I don't need you to show up in any way other than what you are. I may not like the way you're showing up, in which case I can set boundaries around that, but I don't need you to be a certain way. How you are is perfectly fine. 98% of it, we'll set boundaries around the 2%. But however you come is fine. And I think that energy is so safe and is so grounding 
And it's so much less stressful. Like you work with people in this space. How freaking stressed out are they when they're trying to control and micromanage every person in their life? Well, exactly. I mean, we've, I guess we've all experienced that. I have <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, at, you know, at some point, you just have to realize, gosh, this is enough. There must be another way. There, Yeah. You it know? doesn't have to be this hard. Like I tell people that all the time. It doesn't have to be this hard, but you're going to have to let go. And then they're like, oh my God, <laughs> but what if it all goes to hell? And you're like, well, yeah. then this relationship sucked. Like yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. accept people as they are and they're mean, well, now you know. Yeah. I mean, many of my clients and... And me as well at one point. Yeah, I, I knew in my heart of hearts that the relationship was over. Yeah. Or or that certain aspects of my life had to change. Mm-hmm. But I was scared of, of well, it's, it is like a leap of faith. You jump yeah. oh, off yeah. into, off a cliff and you don't know what the, the other side is. And, and right. sometimes you just need to see a little reflection of what life could be like on the other mm-hmm. side and yeah, yeah and that, that's that's why it really helps to to get support from somebody who's who's been there and done that yeah and who knows what they're doing you know like there's a lot of coaches who are just very bad which we hate that but there's <laughs> a lot that are really good there's a lot that right. are really good so yeah. I, something that, um, I would be willing to bet that you see a lot is like when people go through this process, they also become a lot more confident. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's explore what confidence is actually. I mean, yes, um, <laughs> we, you know, there's, there's many people out there who appear confident, but are actually very insecure inside. And they know how yeah. to project a feeling of confidence in a way that kind of, dominates other people um but i i would argue that true confidence comes naturally it's not even something you have to try or or be you know it's just it it's there when you have a good feeling of who you are yes and when you it, it doesn't mean that that you have some kind of inflated ego of, oh yeah, I'm really great. I'm awesome. <laughs> this guy. You know, it means yeah. you accept yourself fully, the darkness and the light. Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And I find too, that confidence is like an understanding that like, it may not be okay, but you will be okay. Like, no, I may not like what's going on, but like, yes, I can survive it. Which, again, outside of death, everything is figureoutable. So, like, if you lose everything, you can figure that out. If you get injured, you can figure that out. If, like, you go through a trauma, you can figure that out. Like, for me, confidence is also rooted in, like, I will survive this. I may not like it. I may hate every second of it. I may be pissed off about it until the day that I die. But I can survive it. And, yeah. I, and it will be okay. absolutely absolutely especially if if you use every opportunity to self-realize so if i'm Mm. if i'm you know bed bound with an illness for example it feels horrible but then there's the question well am i am i my body is this me Mm. 
you know and and with every with every situation like that with every um challenging painful situation that comes up with life is an opportunity to realize that you are so much more than that situation yeah. or than or than that feeling and that speaks um, a lot to relationships too because you know when you become a we separating your identity from that relationship and who you are in that relationship that's that's some like <laughs> it's like a plate of spaghetti and you take like one noodle at a time and like lay it out like that's some unnoodling you know it takes time <laughs> to figure out unnoodling it's a term now we're going to we're going to okay. go with it yeah. Hashtag unnoodling. Um, it takes time to separate those noodles and to say, what is me? What is them? What did I like? What did I not like? Where did I love this relationship? Where did I sacrifice too much? Like it takes, it takes some time and some skill to process that. And then to say, okay, what do I want in this next relationship? And I find a lot of people, well, they don't know how to do that. They may like be able to identify things that they hated, but I can't tell you the number of people I work with who I'm like, well, what do you want? What do you want out of a relationship, out of life? And they're like, they look at me like deer in the headlights. Right. And they're like, yeah. I don't know. And I'm like, right. that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you want. Yeah. Um, so I like, I like to ask the question rather rather than like, what do I want or what do you want? Because that that kind of brings in a lot of different factors. And, and mm -hmm. after all, who am I actually? Who is the self? Who is this <laughs> I we're talking oh, about? Oh, I just love you. You're fabulous. Keep going. <laughs> what I what I what I prefer to ask is what is a situation which is a good container for the expression of your being? I think if I asked my clients that, they would just fall out of their chairs. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> They'd yeah, be so, like, um, I don't know who I am yet, Amanda. So, this is really so, why I'm here. So this is, this is how I, I kind of I I love draw that. people in this direction because we all have a natural way of being that mm -hmm. comes through us without us having to think about it or effort or do anything about it. It yeah. naturally comes through. So, for example my way of grit way of being my the effect i have on my environment is quite mm -hmm. grounding it feels quite safe uh these kind of things and so my my question then is you know what environment supports me in that in that way of being how uh, how can you know how oh, i'm still how can I then, so good yeah yeah so oh, then other you know that. other other people might for example, um, they they might have different effects on their environment. They yeah. they could be quite catalytic. They could be cleaners. They clean the energy, you know, or they yeah. or they mix things up, or they cause a bit of chaos, and that's it. needed too. But then, you so need then to you really find someone. What, yeah, keep sorry, keep going. Then, then you need to ask yourself that question: What environment or what relationships mm. are supporting me in that in, in that energy? I, I love that. I love energetics work because it's so honest and it's so clean. Like we can talk ourselves in and out of anything, right? Like we justify horrific things as humans, but you can't 
energy doesn't lie. Like it feels good or it feels bad and that's never wrong. So I think like one of the roots to that question is like, what container do I feel good in? And then, well, unless I'm landing wrong, tell me if I am. Um, but it seems like it naturally lends into a compliment, a complimentary person. Because if you're thinking, okay, what environment do I want to exist in? It's not going to feel good to be in an environment with someone whose energy clashes with yours. So then like automatically you're like, oh, no, no. Okay. That is not the container for me. I love that question. I'm going to steal that question. Okay, yeah, please go ahead. Because <laughs> it makes sense, right? So like I'm someone who like rages all day long. Like I wake up and I'm like, let's party. <laughs> like okay. We have lots of things to do. I want to do them all. And I'm like an energizer bunny 24 seven. So like if I had a partner like me, it would clash because I'm enough energy like by myself. <laughs> I'm intense by myself. So like, I need a partner who's very grounded, who's very go with the flow because I will just like, it's like, if you have a kite, I'm like the kite up here and they're like holding the string. They're like, yeah, you can go wherever you want, but like, I'm going to keep you on the ground a little bit. So if I had someone who was another kite, we're just like floating off into la la land. And then both of us are like, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, not grounded. So it may, I, I really like that question. What kind of, can you repeat the question? Yes. Um, what situation or what other people in my life are a good container to mm -hmm. support my natural way of being? I love that. Which then speaks to showing up authentically because that's the yeah. goal, right? Is like you get to be yourself and you find someone who just celebrates it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Love. Exactly. Yeah. And always bringing it back to you know this sense of self uh, in, in my essence what what who i am without having to effort or 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 try you know rather than rather than i am a a father or i am a, a policewoman or i am yeah. a, you know these kind of things just just who am i at my essence which also automatically means that you're not people pleasing because if you're being taken out of your essence if you're being taken out of your authenticity you're trying to be something that you're not for this person, which means we also have to learn how to be authentic. And I find a lot of people struggle with that. So I can imagine that's one of the things that you teach too, is like how to be who you are. Like that's a whole, that's a whole skill set in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes back very often to, to feeling safe. Mm-hmm in a scenario, you know, um, and I'll, being authentic doesn't mean, okay, if I'm feeling this way, I have to act that way. You right. know, being authentic just means honoring your feelings in a way that the situation supports. So being authentic can also mean just staying silent. Mm -hmm. when somebody speaks to you mm -hmm. so that can be being authentic as yeah. well i have a lot of people who uh, when we start doing this work will be like well what do i do if i'm sad i want other people to have a good time and they'll mm -hmm. fake it they'll put on a happy face they'll which is it's so draining and it feels out of alignment it feels bad right and i'm like well why can't you just you just hang out and be sad like 
it's okay. Not that you have to, you know, like crying if you're with other people, like that may not be the most appropriate thing in that environment. But I'm like, why can't you just be sad and spend time with people? Like it can be both. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, our, our culture of, of, of psyche is trained to be averse to painful experiences and to oh seek God, out yeah. pleasurable ones. Yeah. And this is, this is, you know, in my opinion, one of the root causes of, of suffering in this world. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Cause if you cut yourself off. So, so I told people it's like, it's like a garage door, right? Like garage doors don't have filters. You can't, you can't have some things come through and not others. Like everything comes through or nothing comes through. So if you cut yourself off from unpleasant emotions, from sadness, from grief, from, you know, whatever, you actually cut yourself off from everything. And then all you're left with is anger because that's the only thing that can get through. So then people wonder why they're pissed off all the time. And it's like, you're actually sad all the time. You just yeah. won't allow yourself to be sad. Exactly. exactly. And then we get into like not being authentic and we can't, we can't be fully present in relationships if we're cut off from, right. from all that. So like, Oh, this is good. Cause everything just ties in. And I love when we have like a nice little bow <laughs> on things that tie in so well. So do you work with groups? Do you work with individuals? Like, how do you do the work that you do? Well, I've I've spent many years working with individuals. And this year, I've just started to work with groups. Um, nice. I'm doing, doing some, uh, I've got an online program coming up later this year. And I'm also doing in-person workshops and online evening workshops. Love uh, that. Yeah. In very, what very, very like What's that? What made you decide to go into groups? I think they're super fun. Mm. Like I love group dynamics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 individual work is is great because you get to dive deep with yeah. the person. But group group work is is really cool because because each member in the group kind of feeds off of each mm -hmm. other. You know, yeah. so so one person can share something about their life. And that might inspire somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then they share a bit and that inspires somebody else. And so the, the, the pace of how the energy moves and flows is, is a, tends to be a lot faster in, yeah. in the group. Yeah, because it, it gives that little like me too ding. And then you're like, oh, I can apply what they were saying. Like if I'm working with a business coach, I'd like to work in masterminds. Because I'm like, oh, whatever, like sometimes my brain doesn't think of things, but then this other person says it and my brain is like, oh, duh, Amanda, that's you too. And I'm like, oh, yes, the value. And it's cool because like the groups always have their own like relational dynamic. And if your goal is to heal relationships, then groups make sense. Like, because you can see those patterns play out in real time. And then you're like, oh, this is why. Like, this is how it's manifesting. It's manifesting in real time, which, like, as a coach is bananas to watch. Right. And it can be so healing to be part of a group who um, who takes responsibility for their own feelings yeah. and 
expresses them in a conscious way with empathy you know just just to to be able to share something and have somebody say yeah i really i really see you in that Mm. and this is how i feel about it oh you know i love i just love that so much Mm. we love i think gosh i love the internet for the reason that like you can connect with people who like we would never have met probably unless I like come to Austria and happen to bump into you on the street. But even then we wouldn't have had like this conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. How was it? So in speaking of relationships, like as someone who emigrated, you had to build a whole community when you moved. So how, how was that experience for you? Did you move while you were married? Did you like, how did you end up in Austria? Yeah, well, I so I met the mother of my children back in England, and and we lived together in England for a couple of years and had a child together. And she was studying to be uh, a doctor at that point, um, but she had she came from this part of Austria and had mm. done most of her training here. And so she she approached me one day and said, "I think we got to move to Austria." <laughs> okay you know um and two two months later we were here Um, oh wow (laughs) yeah it was um i yeah honestly it was a very challenging transition for me because i gave up every part of my life for something that for for something that was completely new to me i didn't yeah. really speak the language i didn't know anybody out here yeah and um my uh, my, my ex partner and my daughter moved out 6 weeks before me mm-hmm. and when i came out i was really looking forward to being a parent to again to my little yeah. girl it's what i was really clinging to because it was the only part of my old life that was still left yeah and the grandma who was now kind of taking care of my daughter felt very threatened by that and pushed me out of the situation and so i i felt like i couldn't be a a father to my daughter either (laughs) at this point and um, i had yeah i i had um i went i I was depressed i went into depression i had a bit of a breakdown you know um because everything that i all of your identities are now were, yeah. were just gone and there weren't any there weren't any new reflections of that mm-hmm. um yet um so yeah it was a it was a, a challenge for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah talk about like trial by fire <laughs> right <laughs> like right. how do i rebuild all of these relationships from scratch exactly exactly With yeah and it took a couple like- of years took a couple of years to do all that yeah it does yeah Yeah, i think people um i run into a lot of people who miss underestimate maybe is the word that i'm looking for how long it takes to build a really solid relationship like people are like i don't know how to make friends and i'm like well you just stalk them until they decide that they want to (laughs) like that's that's how we make friends Mm -hmm. um you just bother people until they're like okay i'll adopt you whatever um, but it does really, it takes a lot of time to build a solidly foundation, a, a solid foundation of a relationship. 
Like it takes time. And I think, well, I don't know. We're all, I'm impatient. Everybody's impatient. We're like, I want a best friend now. And it's like, okay, but like you, it takes time to build that. Right. Um, so I, I love that you teach that. Cause I can imagine like a, a lot of people misunderstand that as well. And they think they're doing something wrong or they think the person doesn't like them. And it's like, no, it literally just takes more time. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, again, you, you never know what other people's stories are, you know, I, mm-hmm. um, Maybe they've been hurt in the past, and so they're really careful about who they open yeah. themselves up to, these kind of things. No. I yeah. love when people are conscious and they're just in a space of, like, empathy, but also holding standards and authenticity. Like, you really – you have to have both because if you just have empathy, you get yourself into these, like, really problematic relationships that are – not supportive right exactly yeah and this is this is um this is where the the balancing of inner masculine and feminine mm. uh, comes in because obviously we're gonna have to do two because we didn't <laughs> we weren't able to get into that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah it's really important to to like you say to to not only bring in the empathic side but mm-hmm. also to also really stand firm in who you are in a situation too and balance yeah. balance those things. Yeah. 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 I tell people all the time, like if a relationship takes you outside of your integrity, if you allow a relationship to take you outside of your integrity, because we always have to consent to that, then something is very, very wrong. Like we need to pull about 10 steps back and say, why am I sacrificing who I am? To, to stay in this relationship like that, that is not okay. <sighs> How do people find you if they're like, oh my God, Richard, yes. <laughs> well, um, you can start by going to my website. It's called um, partingthewaves.com. And from uh, on there, you can see, you can see articles, blog posts, um, and you can join my Facebook groups uh, where we, we have discussions on these things. And you can also see all the different ways of working with me. Um, but, um, yeah, if you just want to say hello, then uh, send me an email, richard at partingthewaves.com. I, I, love I, love to, I love to just connect with people and just say hello. Mm, yes. Now, if people if suddenly have amnesia and they're like, I forgot everything you both just said, even though it was all brilliant. <laughs> what do you want people to remember? Ooh, I would I say, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, oh, gosh, well, how can we, how can we put the, the last hour into one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I, I would say, um, always bring it back to the question who am i in this scenario because if if you if you can learn something about yourself in whatever situation you're in then you always win Ooh, i like that yeah. who am i in this scenario yeah all right my dude tell us one more time how to find you so they remember that too yeah uh dot com love dude thank you so much you are a doll <laughs> thank like, you 
this was lovely. Awesome. Thank you too. It's been a pleasure coming on. <laughs>